Hi, thanks for listening. This is the It's a Widgets Flutter podcast. My name is Philip Corrin, and each episode gets to talk to another amazing member of the Flutter community. And this episode, really lucky to be speaking with Ciprian. Uh, welcome. Thanks for being on the podcast. Hi, nice to be here. Cool. So do you want to share, I'm curious, your background. How did you start first getting into programming? Sure. Uh, well, I started at a very young age. Uh, I started with uh, QBasic and uh, evolved into uh, Visual Basic, .NET stuff. I uh, settled for about 10 years with WordPress. And then I moved to uh, Angular and React, stayed there for a couple of years. And eventually I found something that uh, really was um, close to my needs in Flutter. And when I found it, you know, the, it was a love story. Skies opened, angels sang, love at first sight. I think many developers feel the same way. A strong feeling of love right from the start. Well, basically, it. Um, I, I did try other uh, platforms, frameworks that were uh, doing cross-platform mobile development like React Native. And I even tried a not very popular one called Kiwi with Python. And I saw a lot of uh, minuses on all of them. And also the development experience that they were giving me uh, as I was building apps. So if I would uh, try to develop a certain app, I would have a certain experience. I even tried Swift and Objective-C and, uh, well, not Kotlin. I tried uh, Android development in Java before Kotlin was uh, released. And I saw how that experience was. And uh, Flutter gave me a very nice experience that, as I said, made me fall in love with it as a development uh, platform. Very cool. And were you using it professionally or on the side? Well, on the side, I started using it on the side. It it was actually a suggestion of a friend of mine. As I was trying to build apps, um, I tried to build them on the best platform that would satisfy my needs and build the best app, the best product, so that the client, the um, well, the user would benefit from best. And I started learning it. I started uh, developing in it as I um, had new ideas as I tried to develop interesting things. And it was a pleasure doing this in Flutter. But yes, mostly um, for myself, applications for myself that I would use. And I said, why not? Why not build something and release it out there for other people, especially if it's so much fun to build in Flutter? Sure. It reminds me, I'm a bit of a musician, and I find when you pick up a nice instrument, it kind of inspires you to play a song, a new way or a different song. I think technology can be the same way, right? You learn a great new technology and it really in itself can kind of lead you in different directions. Exactly. I can relate to that. I I also played the guitar for uh, about eight years and yeah, I agree. Cool. Hopefully we get to jam sometime. You named the time, the place. Nice. I've actually on the side, I'm working on on an app with Flutter to enable musicians to jam remotely. Uh, I won't go into detail now. But it's, yeah, but it's again, it, it came about just through, through being inspired through Flutter. 
Yeah. So are you working on any specific apps with Flutter? Well, right now I'm trying to get into game development. I have like two obscure apps on the App Store and on the Google Play Store. I didn't get in the App Store uh, yet because my uh, Apple uh, App Store development account expired and I didn't want to renew it until I had a good app to put up there. I have a push-up application that uses the proximity sensor on your phone to count the push-ups and then generate a set of push-ups in a graph so you see your progress. And I have a, a very uh, simple app. It's called Count All. It's basically the first app I did in Flutter and released on the Google Play Store that's um, counting, helping you count stuff. For example, if you're managing a bus full of people or kids and you want to count everybody, you just uh, tap on the screen anywhere inside of the app and it counts and you can create as many counting stuff you want and you can uh, increment, decrement, go back to zero, stuff like that. Very simple app, very easy to do. It uses uh, local storage. It uses state management. It's uh, behind the scenes. It's not that simple, but it's very simple on what it does. Uh, I'm trying to move to game development. I know Flutter is not uh, oriented into game uh, development. There's just a couple of uh, game engines out there like Flame and I think Sprites, something with Sprites. Uh, but I want to see how far I can stretch the animations of Flutter because they're very cool and you can do a lot of stuff with it. And I uh, want to build something useful out of that. And also do maybe a video or two regarding animations. Nice. So the game you built already, are you using a game engine or did you build it from the ground up? Actually, I'm using animations in Flutter. It's a simple game. I'm trying to do a card game, like remember the numbers. So you just seal the cards and then they flip over and you need to find pairs of cards. I'm just trying to see how well I can build a product that's going to be free and I'm going to put it out there. And I'm going to uh, move on from that to a more complex game. And eventually, who knows, maybe there's a, a Unity uh, package for Flutter. Maybe I'll build something in Unity, import it into Flutter or use it. I'll see how that goes. I don't know. I have a lot of ideas. I'm just testing stuff right now. Nice. I think like a lot of developers always have these back burner ideas, no matter of finding the time to implement them. Exactly. So we'll definitely include links in the show notes to each of the apps you've developed. So I'm curious, in general, on these apps, do you use one approach to state management or do you change it up for, depending on the app itself? Absolutely. I, um, well, as I said, I came from a React background and React.js. I also did React Native. And in React.js, I uh, absolutely loved Redux and Thunk, Redux Thunk, Redux Saga, it was heaven to me. I was like managing components and doing a lot of stuff with Redux exclusively. When I moved to Flutter, the first thing I did for state management after I played with uh, the state of one component, 
I was like, okay, how do I communicate between widgets, between windows? Let's check out what the equivalent of Redux is in Flutter. And surprise, surprise, they have Redux in Flutter. So I checked that out. And I slowly started to understand that, okay, we wait, we don't have props in here. We don't have match state to props and no connect function and no dispatch state to props. It's kind of a little different than React. So sure, let's learn it. And I quickly understood that it's not that simple to manage. I mean, sure, you have uh, the same logic, you have reducers, you have actions, but regarding uh, actual usage of state management, it was a lot of work to get and uh, set uh, data into your uh, air quotes store. So I started looking for other things. And ironically, the same uh, friend that uh, recommended React, I mean, Flutter for me, uh, he recommended Provider. And I started researching Provider. I started, I saw the Google I.O. where they presented Provider. And it was perfect for me because I could easily set and get data from my, again, double quote store from my model, from a single model class. And I wasn't uh, supposed to write too much code to get and set data. And the code was updating, my widgets were rebuilding. So I highly recommend provider. However, I don't want to uh, say, okay, you should use provider and that is all that you should use. If you're a Redux guy and you want to go the Redux way, use Redux. If you want to use the block pattern, use block. If you're a new developer in a project that you uh, got to work in and your company required you to use Redux, Block, or whatever, use that. Uh, don't rewrite everything with Provider. I have a friend that wrote his own state management solution for Flutter, and uh, he uses that. So whatever is easiest for you. I personally use Provider. Those are excellent points, and I, and I agree. I think Provider is really easy to understand and to have a mental model about how the app is functioning. I think provider also works very well, you know, combined with other solutions. So for example, provider plus MobX uh, and provider essentially is the way of providing the MobX store throughout the app. Uh, I also think, you know, these different state management options, in many ways, they're more similar than they are different. Uh, at a higher level, they're all about uh, lifting up your state and providing a central store. And then a way of, of having your app itself provide actions or ways of, of manipulating the store, whether it's Redux or provider. They're still at a higher level providing that same functionality. Uh, I just find with Redux, it's a bit stricter on lockdown. It's kind of one way of implementing it, whereas Provider, it's much more flexible. Um, but one question I find comes up a lot is, you know, if you're using Provider, how then do you handle things like business logic? And I'm curious yourself in your apps, do you have actions that you dispatch or do you have the view directly uh, modifying the store? I find that modifying the store is, again, easiest for the apps that I build, but um, if an app requires my specific uh, implementation to have some functionality that provider doesn't 
uh, allow me to do or is a bit of a memory hog or a bit of a, uh, I don't know, takes the app down and uh, makes things slow, I'm going to ditch provider and move to Redux, move to blog, move to whatever's easiest. I'm trying to uh, think of a product and build it easiest for me, but also easiest for the consumer, for the user. So, well, it's user first, but I need to be happy developing it also. I'm going to start with provider and the moment the app needs more attention, I'm going to move to something else. I don't see if uh, the app can work with something that makes me happy and makes the user happy, why it shouldn't. If the app is bigger, sure. And provider doesn't cut it, sure. We can move to something else. Yeah, and I agree with that approach. Right? Start simple and grow as needed. Um, I also right, I try to take a very user-centric approach to, to development. Um, and the challenge I sometimes face is um, that my vision for what I'd like to create is maybe at, some, sometimes you know, maybe out of reach or difficult to reach. Um, and, it, you know, the first pass of the code will maybe be functional, but it'll take two or three more passes of refactoring to get it to where the UX is the way I want it. And the code itself is clean enough to, to be maintainable over time. I agree. It's not always, um, you don't have to do what the article you read this morning or last night tells you to. You need to do whatever is best for you and go up from that. And take that article into uh, consideration when you get where you need to get to take that article into consideration. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, there's a famous jazz saying, right? They say when, you, when you're learning to play a song, you want to learn the chords and then forget them. I think too often we're, we're constantly thinking about some pattern and trying to fit the pattern into the solution rather than finding whatever the best pattern really is for the solution. When I think back to some of the worst code I've ever written, it was not long after I read this new design patterns book uh, and, and chose the wrong pattern, right? I think sometimes if you organically develop code and you keep improving it, you kind of end up at the right pattern because you're going from what's needed by the code. Whereas if you start with you know, the pattern and then make it fit your code, it can end up with some really horrendous, <laughs> horrendous software. The way that I'm uh, looking at programming, regardless of the platform, is that I try to feel my data. I try to be the data. <laughs> I try to uh, work throughout the application and think of how everything is flowing. Uh, I think just like music, you don't need to know the chords by heart. You need to feel this. I mean, you, you learn the chords by heart and then everything is just uh, comes automatically. You just sing the song, you just feel the song, you just go uh, down the certain wave. And uh, that's how I try to do things with programming with Flutter. From my perspective, I've always found it's just essential to listen to users, period. That they, they are the, the golden source of truth. And, and I think oftentimes it's there's this inherent nature to want to trust yourself more than your users. And if you hear one user say something, you'll say, well, that's kind of a, they, they don't understand it. There's one user. Uh, but once you hear two users or three users, you have to assume that for every one user who says something, another thousand users who are thinking it just simply aren't taking the time to give you the feedback. And with that mindset, you start to, if you hear two people say something, that becomes the truth. And we certainly try, you know, at my company to just constantly listen to user feedback. I think at this point, it sounds a bit trite, uh, but it's trite because it's just such truth to it. 
that fundamentally we always talk about state management and, and, and even tooling. And when it comes down to it, it's all about serving our users' needs, right? Building software that they not only you know can use, but enjoy using. And that's kind of the ultimate challenge of software development. Absolutely. Users come first always because you're building a product for them. And what I've really found nice in Flutter is that you can build your MVP really fast and without many headaches. I mean, regardless of what state management you're using or external services, you can build an MVP really, really fast compared to other platforms. And it does not just build very fast. It also looks very good because it uses the material uh, design library. Yeah, that's an excellent point. Any other interesting Flutter projects like to talk about? Well, actually, I've been, I've started for like three or four months, a YouTube channel specifically with Flutter. And uh, I'm trying to teach Flutter uh, packages, Flutter approaches. I have a tutorial about provider, a tutorial about uh, all kinds of packages that I found useful. Actually, the most used packages on the flutter.dev or I, I can't remember right now the um, uh, Dart uh, packages repository. But there are some uh, top packages there, and I try to take uh, most of them and present them. I've tried to build tutorials and build projects that are unique. Uh, for example, I've started with uh, Raspberry Pi to build. I have a tutorial uh, with a video streaming solution from the Raspberry Pi to your Flutter application and how to do that. And I've wrote everything, even the code is available for free on GitHub. And uh, I'm doing it live coding um, in the video where I explain every step of the way. And I have other ideas regarding the Raspberry Pi. For example, I am going to make a video that's going to uh, hook up a sensor, a heat sensor, and tell you in your Flutter application what the temperature is in your house. I want to use uh, Firebase and I want to connect from Raspberry Pi to Firebase and from uh, your Flutter application to Firebase. I'm doing all of this in my uh, YouTube channel where I'm going to specifically go with Flutter tutorials for, I plan to a very long time. Nice, what's the channel called? Uh, it's called Coding with Chip. I've uh, named it Coding with Chip because I want to have a broader coding uh, possibility. For example, like the Raspberry Pi tutorial, I'm also going to do maybe Python, maybe Node.js for the Raspberry Pi part. And uh, I want to not just do Dart and Flutter if I do a IoT sort of project or maybe other projects that are going to require other languages. Excellent. We'll make sure to include a link to the to the channel in the show notes. Um, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, sure. If, um, if there are brand new people out there that are starting to learn Flutter, I would... Um, I want to encourage them to not 
stop no matter what brick wall they might hit and uh, try to find their best approach to actually do something. Uh, the best thing that you can do to learn something is by doing. And I think the simplest application you could think of and just start building it is the best approach. Maybe you're that kind of uh, person or coder. Maybe you want to learn from a tutorial or maybe you would like to learn from an article or a book. Find out which type of person you are and just do that and don't stop. And especially if you're doing Flutter, for me, I found it very, very nice, very clean, very good to work with. And uh, I have, a, like I said, the background in other um, programming languages. I know I'm not uh, just preferring Flutter because I found it and it's so amazing. No, I, I do have a good and bad experience in other frameworks and languages and Flutter with Dart, especially that Dart is like strong typed coming from JavaScript. It's, it's great. <laughs> I, I found it very useful. Uh, don't, don't give up always try more and more and more. If you run into a brick wall, see that wall as a challenge and give it your best to surpass it. I guess that's, that's all I can say. That's my advice. Nice. That's excellent advice for developers. I'm also coming from, from JavaScript and we tried to build an invoicing app with JavaScript where point one and point two does not equal point three. Thanks to the magic of floating numbers. It was horrible. <laughs> it's been really painful. So to come to Dart, where just basic math works, as you'd expect, has been really, really, really enjoyable. And I think you're right. I think a lot of people talk about how great Flutter is, but I think sometimes Dart gets overlooked. But Dart really is, and it's an amazing language, uh, and it keeps improving. Uh, it gets better and better. To everyone listening, uh, definitely take time to check out Chip's channel, YouTube channel, Coding with Chip. It sounds like it covers really interesting topics. Thanks for listening. Hope to have another episode soon. Take care.